What is good, everybody? Welcome to another Gold Diggers podcast on the Niners Nation Podcast Network. I am Rob Stats Guerrera, and with me, as always, on a Friday from NFL.com and the Ball Blast Football Podcast, Michelle Maju. Hey, hey. I'm repping my Debo shirt today. Yeah. Feeling it. Shout out. He killed it last week. He's just so good. He's a monster. Shout out to Homage as well. Thanks for hooking us up for the shirts. If you want to get some sweet 49ers gear, go to homage.com. Check out their 49ers collection. Or you can just click on the link that's in our show notes. It'll take you right there. They have really good stuff. I wore my Homage shirt, my Victory Monday Homage shirt last week. And that helped the team, I think, get over the top against the Rams. So shout out to me and shout out to Homage. Uh, Go and check it out. Debo is a monster. He's a freak. He reminded everybody he's actually a receiver last week. We can get to that. We're going to get to the expectations for the Panthers game this week, which by all indications should be a walk in the park for the 49ers. We'll get there. But before we get anywhere, I want to remind you, please rate, review, follow the Niners Nation Podcast Network. If you take the time to leave a review, we will read it on the show. This one comes from JMO49. Subject, God bless them. Five stars. Thank you very much. The passion, the enthusiasm, the willingness to challenge the press conference bromides, this is good stuff. Stats got weirdly irrational about the Niners securing a solid backup quarterback for next to nothing. A bad take, even for those of us who believe Trey should have started in 2021 and is the better quarterback. But you got to love him nonetheless. Michelle is the brains of the operation. What a talent she is. Aw, well, that's very nice because I feel like lately 49ers Nation is not liking me all that much. I'm sorry. Why? I, I, maybe they don't like the information I'm giving. You know, it, it might hurt their feelings a little bit. But I feel like I've been, I try to stay on the, you know, the optimism side. That's not a word. Or that's a word. Optimistic. But that's not, yeah. <laughs> that's not the way you say that. Like, I'm way more optimistic than you are. That's a low bar. Yeah, that is. You're right. Well, we're going to be pretty optimistic this week because... This Panthers team is bad. They're just bad on every level. They have bad jerseys. They have bad players. They have bad coaching. They do have bad jerseys. Christian McCaffrey told me they have bad jerseys, and he wants new jerseys. That's how bad they are. Everything about the Panthers are terrible, and I should have just stuck with, like, I got the Eagles right because this offseason I was like, the Panthers are going to be last year's Eagles. Like, no, they're not. They are (laughs) terrible. And it's not like their defense is pretty solid like I thought they would be. It's the offense could not be worse, and you would think Baker would be an upgrade to Sam Darnold. He does not look like it right now. Maybe it's the coaches, but how many coaches can you blame for Baker Mayfield? Right. It's been like, what, five now or four at least. So I love Baker Mayfield, but I think I have to start to realize he's not the quarterback I think he is. It's It's been bad. I just want to see some good football. Like that game last night on Thursday Night Football, all I could think of watching that game is how the hell did the 49ers lose to the Broncos? They looked putrid. Russ looks cooked. It was so bad. I just but the want thing is football. the Broncos look putrid against the 49ers. Like the yeah. fact that they lost. It's not like, oh, the 49ers made them look good. No, they look terrible. It's just the 49ers <laughs> offense beat them out of who can look more terrible. And that's what happened there. But we have to watch the Broncos again on Monday Night Football next oh, week. Stop. No. Stop it. They have, I think it's like four more primetime games, although hopefully they get flexed out of some of those. But yeah, like we just, no, we don't need to see that. 
and Russ doing his stupid Broncos country let's ride after the game. Like, you're just bad. Just no, 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 no. Uh, in terms of this game, to me, there's only one ga- one way the 49ers lose this game. There is only one way, and it's the way they lose all their games, and it's turnovers. If the 49ers protect the ball, I just don't see how there is any way they lose this game against the Panthers. Even though, like you said, the Panthers' defense is not terrible, the Panthers' offense is so bad and they're going up against this Niners defense like there's a legitimate chance the Niners defense outscores them this week there's a legitimate chance that the 49ers don't even have to try that hard to score on offense because their defense already put up two defensive touchdowns I don't I think I'm being way too over dramatic with this game but I just don't even see Baker getting a first down in the first half like that (laughs) might happen the 49ers have allowed the fewest first downs in the NFL this season the Panthers have recorded the fewest first downs in the NFL this season. You right. couldn't have more of a mismatch. And watching the Panthers offense is just like just hearing someone put their nails over a chalkboard or something. It's, I, it couldn't be worse. It really couldn't. And the 49ers defense right now almost couldn't be better. So this is going to be a disaster. It should be a disaster for the Panthers offense. Carolina is averaging 4.7 plays per possession. That is the fewest in the league. The 49ers defense forces three and outs on 41% of the drives against them. That is absurdly good by this 49ers defense. That's why I say the only way they can lose is turnovers. And maybe they're by Jimmy or maybe they're by your friend. Thank you so much, by the way, for for (laughs) Ray Ray McLeod coming over from Pittsburgh. We really appreciate that. This guy is a human fumble machine. He's got two fumbles in two weeks. He had a massive fumble against the Rams on Monday Night Football that nobody remembers because Marlon Mack recovered it. Right after the Rams kick a field goal, huge spot in the game, and he (coughs) coughs it up. I I texted you, and I said, Ray Ray has gotten lucky the last two fumbles, and sooner or later, he's going to lose you a game. It you can't just keep riding him until, oh, his fumble actually hurt us this time. Like right. the, the Steelers keep just getting returners that fumble, I guess. And so they got Gunner O from the Patriots. I'm not even going to try to say his last name. Uh, and he's fumbled now multiple times. The thing is, he's lost them. So now the Steelers are moving on to a new guy. There's no reason to wait until Ray Ray loses you a game to then move on to a new returner. It's not like he's he's had that nice one good return that I've seen this season, honestly. There's so many times where it's like, oh, wow, he looks like he has space and he has speed. Yep. Like he should. And it's like, how did you just get tackled at the five <laughs> yards? Like there's so much room. He did have that one nice return where it was like, okay, that was good. But it's not worth it. It's not worth what exactly. he's doing to risk a punt or risk a fumble. It's not like he's returning these great punts and bringing you into great field position. He's just not doing that. Just hold on to the ball. And the weird thing is he doesn't. I went back specifically and watched because sometimes with guys with fumbling issues, you can tell like they kind of carry the ball away from their body or they're kind of like when they run, they're swinging their arms out wide and the ball is just coming out separating from from their body. But he doesn't. He actually holds it close to his body. He's got a tight grip on it. He doesn't carry it like a loaf of bread or anything like that. And he's still fumbling. So it's like, I don't know what more he can do other than just calling a fair catch every time, which by the way, sign me up for that. I'd be totally fine with that. Just like Kyle Shanahan said last year, the only thing I want from returners 
is to just get the ball back for the offense. That's it. And I, I hold my breath every time he's back there. I, I do the same exact thing. Like you're just waiting for it to happen. Cause even sometimes when he catches it, it's not clean. Right. It's like he still bobbles it. And maybe it's cause he's so skinny that guys can just knock it out of him. He's just like too small. I don't know. I, I don't get why this guy is in the league. I really don't, but <laughs> teams really seem to like him. So there's that angle and that's it. That to me is the only way turnovers uh, lose this game for the 49ers. A big narrative this week has been about George Kittle. Where is he in the offense? That stat's been floating around. He has, you know, like 220 yards in his last eight games with just one touchdown. Kyle Shanahan was asked about it this week. He claimed that he wanted to get Kittle more opportunities, but that he's also not concerned and that it'll work itself out, which I thought was just a weird answer. Jimmy Garoppolo didn't really sound concerned. Nobody's concerned about anything for the 49ers. What do you think, Michelle? This is my thing. I just don't know if there's enough targets to go around in this team because, yes, it would be great to feed Kittle more. And he is running routes, even though, like, I, I know Akash put out a tweet that says he's running around in, like, 83% of his snaps. It That does just turn into 52 routes run over the last two weeks. That's 15th among tight ends. Like, guys like Cameron Brait and Evan Ingram and Gerald Everett have all run more during that span. Zach Ertz is at 86. Travis Kelsey's at 75. It's like way ahead of them. It's just like the team's not passing all that often. So that's why his routes run are are lower. They have 56 pass attempts over the last two games, tied for six lowest in the NFL over that span. The only teams that have fewer just have really bad quarterbacks that they clearly don't trust. I I think the 49ers is more, you know, kind of both. Maybe they don't trust Jimmy, but also the defense is so good. You don't have to pass that often. But like I feel like every week we're like, oh, you need to get the ball more than Debo. You need to feed Ayuk more. It's like, okay, well, if we want the ball going to all these guys, there's just not really enough to go around to also Kittle then, except like maybe stop targeting Jawan Jennings. And maybe those are to go to Kittle. Jennings. I really do. What does he offer you? Like I get he's fine. He's fine. But what is the upside there? Why you have Debo and Kittle and Ayuk. Why are we targeting Juwan Jennings so many times? Yeah, I think you could argue that Jennings' target should go to Kittle. Uh, he is the biggest receiver they have, which I think is part of it. But I just, he's not, you know what it is? He's never getting double teamed. And Kittle usually gets double teamed and Debo can get. The, so, like, when Jimmy looks to Juwan, he basically knows there's never going to be more than one guy guarding him. And that's fair. And he, like, he's okay. He's solid, but seven targets, yeah. three receptions over the last two weeks, 27 yards. There's, there's just, Nothing like you know if the ball goes into the hands of either Devo, Ayuk, or Kittle, there's a chance for a huge play to happen, and it's just much less. Uh, the probability is much less that something great is going to happen when you target Jennings. Right, exactly. That's the perfect way to put it. You put it in the hands of Debo, Ayuk, or Kittle, and the play is just getting started. You put it in the hands of Jennings, and the play is basically over. And that's not a knock on Jennings. It's just that he's a different kind of player. Uh, he does have a nice role on third down. He's definitely becoming a third down target, but I would like to see those go more to Kittle just because we're paying Kittle a ton and he's really freaking talented. But ultimately, I think that that is getting a little nitpicky, like just move the ball, protect the ball and score points. Ultimately, I don't care if Debo gets every single touchdown. If the Niners are putting up five touchdowns a game, like I'll take it. Um, so we'll see. We saw the offense look so much better. Just we talked about this last week. 
that I thought the biggest issue with the offense was the way they were using Debo, not even just, yeah, they're running him too much, but when they targeted him, it was just right at the line of scrimmage. They got him the ball deeper down the field this week and good things happened. They have to keep doing that. And then the offense is going to be just fine. Like you need a target Debo. Not, I'm not saying everything has to be a deep pass, but come on, 10 yards down the field. That would be great. Not every single target should be at the line of scrimmage. And they started to do that last week and they put up some, some points. And I think the other thing we'll see too, is that the, Panthers do not have the same kind of pass rush as the Rams. I think the 49ers really last week were like, get the ball out super fast. Even if it's at the line of scrimmage or a couple yards past, like just don't get sacked. And they, that's basically what they did. They don't have that same urgency this week. The Panthers defense is not bad by any stretch, but it's not Aaron Donald. They don't, Aaron Donald, I thought had his best game of the year uh, last week. He just looked I know like his stats weren't like, I don't, did he even record a sack? If he did, it was like one. Uh, No, no sacks. Yeah. Okay. So, but he was always in the play. He was always in the backfield. They just did a really good job at getting the ball out fast. Like you said, so it it should be different this week without Aaron Donald, just destroying your line instantly. (laughs) So, and that should lead to little targets a little bit further down the field and hopefully some big play. I mean, that Debo catch and run, that's a, it's an absurd play and yeah he did get some good blocks downfield from kiddo and Ayuk, but that that happens on all those types of plays but just the fact that he broke i think it was three or four tackles including running right past jalen ramsey like that is it's just a reminder of what kind of a weapon he is and that's why i like to see him get the ball down the field because the first guy is never tackling him and he can do that for you he can bail you out in that way i mean that's what you have to do right there like get him running and put it like if a cornerback has to tackle him, like you're just not going to forget you're it. Just not <laughs> going to. So they need they need to just keep you using him in that same way. Uh, and I, I think they will. Like, I think Kyle Shanahan's smart enough to be like, OK, the other way wasn't working. We weren't scoring very many points at all. Uh, so and our offense looked better when we use Debo correctly. And that was a nice adjustment by Kyle, too. He stopped running Debo in the backfield. Like, he just did not do it. I think Debo had two carries in the game, and I think it just got to a point where he was like, you know what, for for whatever reason, whether it's our line issues, whether it's the other defense being prepared, it ain't working. People are ready for it, so let's just stop doing it. He actually used Debo as a decoy in the backfield a couple of different times, which I loved because you can absolutely take advantages of defenses uh, overplaying that. So I like that he's still doing that. And I just think it was a good adjustment because it wasn't working. And maybe they can get back to it later at some point. But right now, the best way to use him is not as a running back. Yep. And Shanahan just somehow knows to, he knows how to game plan against the Rams. Yep. He comes up with some extra juicy stuff just for them. He clearly is determined when he like I wish his game plans were I wish they faced the Rams every week. I think, right. <laughs> I think they'd literally go like 15 and one or 15 and two uh every season if they faced the Rams. And I like to like they had a couple of really nice plays to use check in that game. One was a run where they kind of faked everybody to the right and just gave it to use check and he cut back to the left. And then another one was this beautiful pass play. The more I watch it, the more I like it where Juice is in the slot and they have Ayuk out wide and Ayuk runs a slant and the safety in the corner, as soon as they see Ayuk slant to the middle, they just crash down because that's the only place Jimmy Garoppolo ever throws the football. 
and it just left Juice wide open, basically by himself on that side of the field. And Jimmy just threw it to him, and he had 30, almost 40 yards where he pretty much ran untouched because nobody was over there because everybody thought the 49ers were going to throw it to the middle. I thought Shanahan's play calling was really good in this game, like creative. He did a good job. Now, he was probably too conservative for our uh, liking. Yes. And people will be like, well, it worked out. So, see, you're wrong. It's like just because something work out, worked out does not mean that was the correct call. Like, yes. it, it, he got lucky and it worked out. And, you know, the defense made plays for him. And maybe, you know, maybe that was his goal. Like, my defense is so good. I will cause turnovers. Fine. But, he can't be that conservative. No, and it was terrible because his decision not to kick that or not to go for the touchdown when it was fourth and one from like the one and a half yard line or whatever it was, it kept it a one score game. It kept it a situation where one play could have the Rams could have had a shot to tie the game. And, and you know, yeah, Talanoa Hufanga makes an awesome play because he's great and he returns it for a touchdown. The Rams were driving down the field on that possession to tie the game. That interception was basically at or across midfield for the like, and and Kyle totally got bailed out all because he coaches in his fears. He's too afraid to, all he ever thinks is what if we don't get it? What happens? What if we don't get it? Which by the way, in that situation, the Rams would have been on the one yard line and would have had to go 90 yards to get a field goal. Like that just proved to me that he's never going to go for it ever because He's just scared. He just lives in his fears because if you're not going to do it in that spot on the one yard line, you're never going to do it. And you can say that Robbie Gold missed a field goal that would have you know, made it a two score game, whatever. But sometimes that happens, too. You can't assume every field goal is going to be good. So I, I just think that his decision making is bad, but I don't think it's ever going to change. Do you have the tweet up where it said that? Basically, the 49ers this year are the most conservative team on offense when it comes to situations where the analytics say that you should go for it on fourth down. Yeah, so I can't remember who puts it out, uh, but there's somebody that literally charts this stuff every single week. And every time I see it, I get depressed. Oh, there it is. Ben Baldwin puts it up and the 49ers are literally dead last. Which teams go for it when they should in 2022? The 49ers are dead last and it's the bills are up the bills go for it all the time when they should get it they're like perfect and the niners are literally the worst team in the league uh who's like bottom five so it's niners are worst raiders second worst bears third worst and then there's a big gap and then it's dolphins steelers giants so yeah all all pretty bad offenses i guess besides the dolphins like you can't be that conservative. Maybe you don't go to the Bills route because they have Josh Allen and he is just better at getting first downs and you can mm -hmm. trust him more than Jimmy Garoppolo. Like you don't have to be at the top of the league, but maybe push yourself more towards the middle because I, I guess I would like to see like Super Bowl winning teams as of late with their decision making throughout that season just to see where they're at. But you can't be scared to go for it any time and expect your defense is always going to bail you out. And that's my fear going forward. Not this week because the 49ers should blow the doors off yeah. the Panthers. But when you play these tougher teams like Kansas City coming up in a couple of weeks or the Rams again, they're going to be close games because your defense is always going to keep it close for you. In close games, game management and decision making like that can be the difference. And Kyle makes the wrong decision 
consistently. And he's done it for his entire five plus years in San Francisco. And I'm amazed that a guy that scouts himself as much as Kyle Shanahan does, does not see it. And I, somebody needs to get through to him because it's hurting the team. Oh, someone's never going to get through to him. Have you ever, like, I guess we've never met him or I've never met him. You may have, yes, uh, I have. but I've never like seen someone in the media be so stubborn in my oh. life. He's yeah, he's never most, made a bad decision ever. He's so stubborn. He's never going to admit anything's wrong and everything he does is perfect. And if anything isn't perfect, it's because, you know, team didn't execute. The team didn't execute perfectly. <laughs> it's not his fault. It's nope. The, you know, everyone didn't make the exact move they were supposed to make. I hope my hope is that like Warner or Bosa or even like Kittle and Debo will go to him and be like, dude. Go for this. Like, we want you to go for this. Be aggressive. To me, that might be the only way. Because, like, he does seem to listen to some of the players. Like, there was that play against Dallas where they get the ball back, and Debo says, turns and looks at him and says, give me the ball. And Kyle says, okay. And then Debo immediately scores a touchdown. Like, I think he does sort of value that. But other than that, I don't know. And you know what? I don't know if the players are going to do it because it did work out for them on Monday night. And they might think, like, well, whatever. We're good. But... I just don't think it's fair to ask your defense to have to essentially be perfect. Like, don't give up a single touchdown. Otherwise, we might lose. Like, that is not a formula for success in 2022. All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll get into your best bets of the week. You are on fire, Michelle. Woop woop. All right, time to make you some money. And we have been in the money-making business. Michelle, on fire last week. The three bets I put up on NinersNation.com, you went check, 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 nailed all of them plus some extra bets that you only get if you listen to the pod. You are like a money-making machine. Yeah, last week was good for me. I was sweating it out because one of the bets I said on the podcast last week was Matthew Stafford. Interception was so easy. And then for some reason, the 49ers didn't want to catch his <laughs> interceptions for most of the game. And then Hufanga came through, and I was very excited. But yeah, I, I felt good last week. I'm happy they hit, and we we're going to try to go three for three again this week. Yeah, you had Debo over 55 and a half receiving yards. That hit Acres under 42 and a half rushing and Cup over 93 and a half receiving. I found the steal of the weekend with Nick Bosa over 0.25 sacks. I don't know what the hell they were thinking by throwing that up there. I noticed that is not on the board this week, Michelle. I think they learned pretty quick not to throw that one out there. Yep, that was the only week uh, you saw it. And I was like, they never have that. And then... This week, again, they've gone away from it. They're like, oh, shoot, we can't we right. can't do that. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think you said two and a half. It was just, he just needed one. It was 0.25 for Bosa. That was the over-under. So oh, even if he got a, okay. Yeah, even if he got a half sack, he would have hit the over. That's why it was so Why absurd. was that so low? I don't know. Although I will say Aaron Donald had the same odds and he did not record a sack. So True. you never know, I guess. Uh, this week... We see a bit of a mismatch between the Niners and the Panthers. So is this an opportunity to make some money or is this a difficult week for you to pick? I think it's easy. Well, okay. I think it's easy on when it comes to Baker Mayfield's line, right? Mm -hmm. Because I, as I said, I cannot even imagine Baker against his defense. Like, I don't even know how bad <laughs> it's going to be for him, but they have his line at 200, uh, 205 and a half total yards. And I'm going to take that under. Now they have his passing yards at 193 and a half, which fine. Sure. You could take that too. But 
they're giving you kind of this space here where they're saying he could get like 12 rushing yards, which the last two weeks he's had negative one yards and zero <laughs> yards. So I'm going to take those extra 12 yards to mm-hmm. have a little bit of wiggle room here. And I'm going to take his total yards and take that under the 49ers. We all know are one of the best pass defenses of the league, allowing the second uh, fewest passing yards per game. And their defense is just so good at getting pressure on quarterbacks. Baker is averaging just 4.3 passing yards per attempt under pressure this season. Only Kyler Murray, Joe Flacco, and Jimmy Garoppolo are averaging fewer yards per attempt under pressure this season. So these, like Baker and 49ers defense do not match up well together. Obviously, if you're a Panthers fan, it's great as a 49ers fan. And Baker uh, hasn't hit this over in any of the last three weeks. It hasn't even come close in weeks two or three. Uh, he got he hit this over in week one because of a 75-yard touchdown that he had. So I think this is just such an easy bet. That's the only way I feel like he hits the over. I mean, somebody falls down, there's some sort of missed assignment, and he hits a big play, and then he can sort of make up the gap the rest of the way. Because, yeah, it's just this 49ers defense is really, really good. And the offense may come out a little bit sleepy here. I don't think the defense is going to. I think the defense, they just they get up for these games. They always come out with their hair on fire. They and never Nick get up. hates Baker. So he's, <laughs> right. he's not going to be asleep at all. He is going to be coming after him. Yeah, he'll never forgive Baker for waving that flag. So I agree. I can I, see Baker benched in this game. Who's, who's their backup? Is PJ is it, Walker even yeah, healthy? PJ, who's honestly probably playing better, capable of playing better than Baker Mayfield. So, yeah, I'd agree. I'll take the Baker over under, which, by the way, if he gets benched, you still win, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, 100%. So, yeah, the, all signs point to yes. My next two are going to go to the 49ers side, which I do think is a little bit harder because you don't know if the 49ers do destroy them on defense, like what the game plan will be, but I'm still going to stick with Debo over 54 and a half receiving yards. We went with the over last week. He smashed it. I think he's going to, I don't know if he's going to smash this, but I think he gets over it. He's hit this over each of the last two weeks, 73 yards in week three, 115 yards in week four. He's seeing nearly 28% of the team targets over the last two weeks. And The Panthers' defense is fine, but they're still allowing yards to the wide receivers. Chris Olave had 140 yards in week three. Traquan Smith in that same game, 105 yards. Michael Thomas got hurt in that game and was already about to hit this over. And then they allowed Marquise Brown last week to have 88 yards. Donovan Peoples-Jones for the Browns in week one had 60 yards. So it's not like they're not allowing this yardage. And their JC Horn, their second year corner, that was a top 10 pick last year. He's really, really good. No doubt about it. And whoever's lined up against him in that game and play probably is not going to do much, but he's not, like I said, like these guys, he was on Marquise Brown a lot, but Marquise Brown still, you know, found ways to get it done against other guys when he had those opportunities. So I think Debo will be fine. When they use him as a receiver properly, he can be as good as any receiver in the game. The only way he doesn't get his receiving yards, I feel like, is when they try to make him a running back. As long as they don't do that, which I think they're kind of done with that, he's going to hit this over. And it's good. It's exciting. It's everything Kyle Shanahan wants. Low risk because you're not throwing to him super far down the field. And then he just breaks a bunch of tackles and runs through people. And he loves it. That's the other part of it. Like, he buys into this. He's all for it. So, 
I don't, I agree with you. I don't think there's any way he gets under 54 and a half receiving yards. Debo over. Love it. What's next? Jeff Wilson Jr. Over 67 and a half rush yards. They keep putting this man down. They don't, they don't trust him <laughs> to be good. You know, Vegas is like, no, he's not going to keep doing what he's doing. Cause they know he stinks. <laughs> he, uh, yeah. I mean, he's had those big runs, which has been nice. But then besides those, yeah, he's not doing a whole lot. I thought he looked okay last week, but Wilson has had 70 plus rush yards in each of the last three games since Elijah, Elijah Mitchell has been out. The Panthers run defense is okay, but nothing you have to stay away from. You know, he's going to get right around 18 rushing attempts, right? Especially in this game where you expect you don't have to pass that often. You expect him to at least get those 18 rushing attempts. So that means all he has to do is average 3.8 yards per carry to hit this mark. The Panthers are allowing just over four yards per carry. So as long as they don't completely go away from the run for whatever reason, I think this is a pretty easy bet. I shouldn't say he stinks. He doesn't stink. He's fine. He's an average player, but that's all he is. He's the Juwan Jennings of running backs. He's just a dude. And and that's been fine for the 49ers. I agree. Game script might dictate that he gets just a ton of carries in this game, especially if the Niners go up multiple scores early. I think it's just going to be run, run pass the whole rest of the way because Kyle's going to be like, they are not scoring on our defense. Although I would like to see the Niners sustain some drives and keep the other team's offense off the field because the Niners have been out on the field a lot the past two weeks. They were out for 70 plays against the Rams. That is a ton. I think it was right around there, too, uh, against the Broncos. So I'd like to see the defense get a little bit of a rest. The way to do that is to run the ball. That leads Jeff Wilson's probably going to get even more attempts. So I agree with you. He's going to get over 67 and a half. He's going to break off that one run for like 20, 25 yards. He basically gets like one of those a game, and then he just kind of chips away at that total the rest of the time but that'll be fine that'll still get you your money and one thing that just popped up in my head that i guess is going back to our older conversation but talking about the defense playing so many snaps it's also because shanahan's being so conservative mm-hmm. and he's relying on his defense but one thing we didn't bring up is that injuries can happen if you're on the field more often the last thing you need is injuries to start piling up on this defense this is what's more than they already you. have yeah, this is what's carrying you to wins. So, yeah, you might feel good about them on the field and say, okay, they're going to win the game for us. But you shouldn't feel good about them on the field this much because the more time you play, the more likely injuries are going to happen. And that's what another reason you shouldn't be as conservative to try to keep these guys that mean so much to your team off the field a little bit more. Javon Kinlaw is hurt. He's not probably not going to play in this one. Eric Armstead's hurt. He's probably not going to play. Has Kinlaw we... ever played? Like this? No. Does that matter? I don't. I don't think he's ever played a game. Uh, Aziz Alshire hurt. Not going to play in this game. So they've already the injuries are piling up on defense. The, the good thing is that they're so damn deep that they've been able to sustain it. But you can't do that forever. So I agree with you. Get those guys off the field. Keep them healthy. That's your formula for success. So we have Debo over fifty four and a half receiving. Jeff Wilson over 67 and a half rushing. And what is your pick number three? Well, those were my three picks. Or but four, I, have, I, I have an extra little pick here just for fun. Uh, kind of what I don't normally do, but I'm going to take the Panthers total first half points under six and a half. Now, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's low. They have hit this easily, the Panthers, the last two weeks, but it's because they had a defensive touchdown each of the last two weeks in the first half. Their offensive points in the first half have been 
seven in week one. So just the over, but then six, six, and three. So they did not hit this over for just offensive points either the last three weeks. So I think all that has to happen is that Jimmy Garoppolo does not throw a pick six and will be all right with hitting this because also, you know, the 49ers have allowed zero points, zero points, three and six in the first half so far this season and games. Just please don't turn over the ball, Jimmy. Like just don't allow a defense touchdown. Yep. The Niners are the only team in the league to not allow a touchdown in the first half all season long. And again, this is week five. No matter what numbers you look at for this 49ers defense, it's just, it's ridiculous. It is just unbelievable how good they are. And it's how, it's unbelievable how bad the Panthers are. Panthers, (laughs) Michelle, the Panthers have four plays inside the opponent's 10 yard line all season. Four. How is that possible? I'm telling you, I think Baker gets benched this game. I don't know if like for good, but I think at some point in the second half, PJ Walker is going to be in this game. And then when Sam Darnold gets back healthy, maybe they play him. Unreal. But you know what? These are the, these are the wins. Just handle your business. That's what I always call these games. Handle your business games, show up, do what you do, play the way you normally play and you'll have no problems. Now what's the weather supposed to be like, because we could not have another bears instance because the bears offense is like right with the Panthers. They're God, they're so bad too. (laughs) And they came through with a win because they just needed a couple big plays to go their way. Now, a lot of that had to do with the weather, but hopefully the weather should be good this week. As far as I know, it's going to be a fine weather weekend. No more monsoons for the 49ers. So that's good. But this is it. Go in, do what you got to do. It's not even an early body clock game because this game is still at 1 p.m. Pacific time kickoff, which is rare on the East Coast. I don't know why that's the case, but who cares? We'll take it. Beat the Panthers. Beat the Falcons next week. And then you go into that game against the Chiefs four and two. That is your job right now. That's your mission if you are the 49ers. If you want to be a team that's going to get to the playoffs and maybe make a deep playoff run and and heck, in the, in the NFC, maybe make a run at the number one seed. I know the Eagles are undefeated right now, but we still got a long way to go. You got to just stack these wins. These are right there for you. You've already given away a couple in Seattle and Chicago. Handle your business this week. Yeah, and what's kind of nice is that we were looking at these games in the middle of the season being like, Oh my goodness. That's such a hard stretch. So, you know, if they do their job against the Panthers and Falcons go four and two, then it's really kind of just the chiefs that are that scary for a while. Cause the Rams after that, you always beat the chargers are fine, but they're not the scariest team. Now that we've seen them, the Cardinals kind of stink, the Saints kind, kind of. of stink. So like uh, this stretch of games that looked so hard now really don't, doesn't look all that hard. Like it looks winnable. Like a lot of winnable games there. Good. I'll take them. You know, this is a third place schedule. Don't forget too. So that works in the Niners favor. Um, Handle it. Just do what you got to do. This is a chance for Kyle Shanahan to finally get that head coaching record up over 500. I'm sure he's tired of hearing that. Just do it. Like no excuses. Stop laying eggs. I'm tired of that. Yeah. And I I would like to see some uh, more points on the board here. No, like I don't want them to win 19 to like 10. So I actually looked it up. Kyle Shanahan is 38 and 19 when this team scores at least 20 points. Like three touchdowns is not a lot to ask for, for this offensive talent and Kyle Shanahan as a play caller. You got to be able to get three touchdowns in a game. You just have to. 
I, I would like to see that. I don't want this to be like, don't allow it to be the Broncos game where the Broncos right. offense was absolutely garbage, just like the Panthers offense should be. And then you allow them to stay in and you lose 11 to 10 because uh, Jimmy Garoppolo walks out of the end zone. <laughs> like, just don't just win the game easily, please cover, cover the spread. Like I know teams don't care about the spread. I just, I'm not even betting on it. It's just cover it. Like win, win handedly, please. Niners by six and a half is the spread as which of... I think is too low. It should be higher than that. It should be like 10 points. You would think. I mean, your Steelers are 14 point underdogs this week against the Bills. 14. How do you feel about that, Michelle? Oh my goodness. I, I would I, I think they're gonna lose by 30. So I, I think yeah. it's fair. But it doesn't matter for you. All this season is about now that Kenny Pickett is your starter is finding out what you've got. If they lose every game, but he looks like he's pretty good and he's throwing dots all over the field, that's good. You take that and you build it up next year. I'm with you. I've totally given up on this season because even (laughs) if, even if somehow they pull it out and they like, it just seems like they always do that with bad teams. Even it's like, Oh, they're still in it. It's like, Last year, I need to remind myself, I didn't even, I didn't even want to make the playoffs. I didn't want the team to make the playoffs. And then the last week I was like, so invested and I I needed them to make the playoffs for whatever reason, just to see them get their butts kicked. Like they're a bad team. So when you're a bad team, you should just want to lose, but this isn't a Steelers podcast. I'm sorry. No, no, it's all right. I totally get it. They're, they're doing right by their team by playing picket, leave them in the rest of the year, no matter what. If you yep. finish under 500, Mike Tomlin, who cares? Who cares? It doesn't matter. Break that stupid streak. I feel like the Steelers are too beholden to that and like never firing head coaches. Like, don't get caught up in that. Do what you need to do to learn about your team. It's what the 49ers should have done with Trey Lance last year. Anyway, I digress. Um, sorry about your Steelers. The Bills are banged up. Mm, yeah, I, that's all the hope I can offer you. But at least I should still. be able to watch the 49ers beat up on the Panthers. There you go. That's what's going to do it for this week. We thank everybody for listening. Again, please rate, review, follow the Niners Nation Podcast Network. We will have a crossover podcast this weekend. I apologize. I was under the weather last week, so I couldn't get it done. We will have one. It's going to be with Darren Gant, uh, who covers the Panthers for the Panthers. He's going to join us. That'll that'll uh, drop on Saturday morning, so you'll be able to hear that. Plus, the Instant Reaction Show, of course, on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, my Twitch page, at Stats on Fire. Come join us. Thousands of you join every single week. We are so, so appreciative. Please, let's keep that going, and go Niners. Bye, y'all.